Hey guys, it's Simmy, and this is Wrestling Unlimited, as it's Friday, and that means tonight was Friday Night Smackdown. Of course, tonight's Friday Night Smackdown does go. I thought this was a really good show, super easy to watch, and it was entertaining from start to finish. I will say that for sure. I was entertained throughout the entire Smackdown. It flowed really well. It seemed like everything went off without a hitch. It was just like, yeah, this was a really good episode of Smackdown. And give me one second to go check one thing. Double check our, our speeds are good. Because I did a speed test. And I'm going to do another speed test because for some reason. Give me one second. Okay, we should be fine. But just a heads up, my internet has been very not cooperative this week. So there, if... We do go offline. Again, we will um, be recording this at the same time, so it'll go up on YouTube later on if for some reason the stream goes down because it, here's the thing. All day, perfect speeds. We're getting like 23, 24 upload speed. Then at night, for some reason, it drops all the way down to like 10, 11, 12. And to stream smoothly, you need at least 10. Right now, we're at 11.9. So a little back end for you there. A little, you know, inside baseball. So I am monitor monitoring that, looking at my speeds. Everything seems fine right now, so should be good to go for the duration of the stream, I believe. Now, as far as SmackDown is going, like I said, it was an easy show to watch, very smooth, got some good things. Pete Dunn is now Pete Dunn again, no longer Butch. They addressed the Seth Rollins stuff. They actually said that Rollins will be kicking off this Monday's Monday Night Raw. And he will address what happened. What's going on. What his future will be. According to a report from Fightful. And let me pull that up right now. I'll read it to you guys. We do have a video up recapping all the Fightful news. But we'll just really quick. Fightful did a state. And if I can pull that up. I didn't have it ready. Fightful stated that uh, Rollins was telling people on Monday that he did not believe he had sustained an ACL tear. Yet, word going around in WWE and from WWE sources and from sources near Rollins is that he did sustain a torn MCL, which not bad or not as bad as an ACL tear. We'll talk about that in a second. And a partially torn meniscus, which I know all too well because I've partially torn my meniscus. So, I'm trying to think. This was my sophomore year of high school. So either 2005 or 2006. I was skateboarding. And so the way our driveway was set up was concrete driveway. You go down the driveway off a hill. You come down the hill. And then it opens up to a big slab where it was basically the size of a, a little bigger than a half basketball court. Because we had a basketball um, hoop there. And we could fit like three cars in the driveway. Easy. Sometimes you could fit four depending on the cars. But basically it was a little bit bigger than a half basketball court. But then that, there was maybe this big of a, of a gap of the concrete. The concrete was like this high off the dirt and then just went into dirt. So us as kids, what we would like to do to practice our, our ollies with a skateboard is we'd get it down on the concrete and then we'd say, okay, now let's ollie off the concrete into the dirt. And what happened to me one time was 
and went to ollie off the concrete into the dirt and my body all of a sudden didn't go nowhere the skateboard came out from under me i twisted my body and my knee boom right on the concrete just dead center my knee boom right on the concrete didn't feel anything it didn't hurt more than just a ah dang and so i kept skating and i wasn't a good skateboarder so i kept falling and all that stuff fast forward three days and we had just gone on a bike ride Granted, I lived in the mountains in California near Yosemite National Park. So everything's a hill. Everything's hilly. So we love going on bike rides, racing down the hills and everything. Anyways, when we were not riding, safe space, we hung our bikes up in the garage. So grabbed my bike, went to lift it up to hang it, and my knee gave out. Couldn't put any weight on my left leg at all. I start screaming, ow, 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 I need help, help, help. My parents come running out, what's going on? And I'm like, I don't know. I can't get up. I can't put any weight on my left leg. So my mom rushed me to the emergency room, and they're like, yep, you've got a partially torn meniscus. They said that it was, if this is the line of you need surgery, I was literally right here. They're like, we could do surgery, but we don't think you need surgery. So the plan, which is what worked, was we're going to cast your whole leg for six weeks. Then we're going to take the cast off and check it. And then see if it healed or needed surgery. So basically, for six weeks, I had a cast from my toes to my upper thigh. Couldn't go to school because I tried to go to school for two days. That didn't work. My school was on the side of a hill. And there's gravel everywhere and dirt. And so I'm trying to crutches from class to class. And I was late to every class. That wasn't happening. So they were like, okay, you know what? Two, three times a week, we're going to have a lady come and bring you all your work. Well, they screwed that up. And she didn't bring me all my work for my English class. So I ended up failing a semester of English, having to do summer school, which really sucked. But regardless, that's a whole other story. So torn meniscus, if it's just a partially torn meniscus that doesn't need surgery, which normally a partial does not need surgery, that can heal in a cast or some sort of a brace within six weeks, six to seven weeks. Mine was six weeks, I believe. MCL tear is very similar. If you don't need surgery and it's a grade one, three, four weeks. If it's a grade two, four to six weeks. Grade three, at least six weeks-ish. But a grade three could need surgery for an MCL tear. Again, not as bad as an ACL tear, though. Because an ACL tear is 99% of the time, seven, nine-plus months. Most people are out with an MCL tear or ACL tear for nine, seven to nine months, if not longer. Most are closer to the nine. And so with Seth not having a MCL tear, that's or not having an ACL tear, that's a really good thing. That it's not an ACL tear because that's the longer recovery process. That's what's, what Charlotte Flair is having to go through right now. That's what Corey Jade is going to have to go through is MC, an ACL tear because 99% of the time an ACL tear needs surgery. MCL and meniscus, not as likely as needing surgery. So hopefully all is good for Seth. He will be opening Monday's Raw, addressing the WWE Universe, and letting us know exactly what's going on. But as far as SmackDown does go, we're going to get the rigmarole out of the way really fast. I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, App, Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, if you are watching live on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. 
you can either hit that donate button down below or donate Twitch bits in the live chat. Also, remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription, whoop, the hiccups, or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime because remember, if you have Amazon Prime, then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, free stuff for games, and you always get one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month. And I'd greatly appreciate it if you did right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Also, remember, head over to YouTube and hit that subscribe button. Hit that subscribe button so that way you know when we go live, when we post new videos, when we post things on our community tab, and so forth. Hit the join button, and you'll become a channel member supporting the channel. Also, remember, a great way to support the channel and to make sure that your comment, question, or concern does get read live on the air, donate a Super Chat live on YouTube. Super Chats are, I said, a great way to support the channel right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something. Whether you're buying a new game, whether you're buying an old game, whether you're claiming a free game or getting bucks for Rocket League, Fortnite, or Fall Guys, use this code right here, PWUnlimited at checkout, and you will be supporting us at no extra cost. Right now, they do have Avatar Frontiers of Pandora, 25% off, so go use the code for that. The game Love, not sure what it is, but the game Love is currently free on the Epic Game Store. And also, check out Fortnite. They got that Fortnite Lego survival mode. They got Rocket Racing. They got Festival. They got regular Battle Royale. They got it all over there for free. Put in the code, PWUnlimited, and there you go. Heck, go get Disney Speedstorm. The current season, Season 5, Frozen, is almost over. You might want to go there and battle your way through that and get all the Frozen stuff. Get Elsa. Get Anna, get Hans, Kristoff, Olaf. Go, well, you can't get Wally anymore because his event is over, but go get what you can before the Little Mermaid season comes, and I want to say about a week or two. But again, use code PWUnlimited at checkout right here, P-W-U-N-L-I-M-I-T-E-D, for all Epic Games and Epic Game Store purchases. Also, following this stream on my other channel, twitch.tv forward slash Buddy. Me and a friend, maybe, not sure yet. We're going to play the brand new PAL World game, which they're saying is Pokemon with guns and Ark Survival, basically. So that game looks super cool. That game looks super fun. We're going to be playing that on stream later on after this stream. Twitch.tv forward slash Timmy Buddy. As far as SmackDown does go, and let me get a drink here. My throat is a little sore. We get a recap. From last week and the Bloodline developments that aired. It included all of the main event. Um, and then Jimmy Uso was shown talking to Solo Sokoa backstage. Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman walked into frame. Reigns said that he was there because the rest of the family didn't fix things like he asked them to do. After Reigns walks away, Solo said, I'll fix everything. So we opened up the show really with the Royal Rumble contract signing. And I really enjoyed this. I thought this was done really, really well. So SmackDown General Manager Nick Aldis is in the middle of the ring. Aldis welcomes the crowd in. Aldis introduces AJ Styles, who walks to the ring, signs the contract. Aldis introduces LA Knight, who played to the crowd, signed the contract. Aldis then followed all that up by welcoming Randy Orton to the ring. Once in the ring, Orton, well, signs the contract as the crowd is chanting, Randy, 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 Randy. Finally, he goes to introduce Roman Reigns, who doesn't appear. 
Instead, though, Paul Heyman comes out with a microphone in hand. Heyman said that he and Reigns had just arrived at the building and they had not had a chance to look over and submit the contract to their attorneys beforehand. Heyman said that he didn't even have a chance to get his eyes on anything. As a result, Heyman said that Reigns will not be coming out to sign the contract because they are not ready. Aldis said it's fine if Reigns won't sign the contract because he already has three signatures on the contract. Well, then it'll become a triple threat for the vacant WWE Universal Undisputed Championship. Basically, Aldis is threatening to strip Roman of the belt if he will not defend it. Which I like. I'm a big fan of this. Hey, God damn it. You don't want to defend your belt? It's been like two months. And if you're not going to do it, I'm going to strip you and give the belt to somebody who will be a fighting champion, who will defend it when need be. Like, they're already giving Roman enough leeway as far as, yeah, you can take as much time off as you want and not have to defend your belt for two months and this and that and so forth. But when was the last Roman defense? I almost want to say it may have been LA Knight at Crown Jewel. Roman Reigns, uh, Actually, it may have been. That's like almost three months then. Roman Reigns' last match was... Jeez. Holy crap. Yeah. November 4th, Crown Jewel against LA Knight. So that's two and a half months already. So Royal Rumble's almost three months from that. God damn. Anyways, Heyman marched back to the ring and said that he cares deeply about all this. Heyman said that he respected and admired the mediocre job that he's done as the person in charge of Friday Night SmackDown. He complimented Aldis's suit and said that there would be no way Aldis could sell that scenario to anyone, including the Tribal Chief. Heyman said that Reigns should be defending his title in a one-on-one match at the Royal Rumble. Heyman tried to go on, but then Knight told him, shut the hell up. Knight also said he'd cut off or cut bacon off Heyman's back if he says another word. Knight said that it should be him in the match. It should have been his match. But Orton and Styles came back and skipped the line. Actually, it shouldn't have been his match. He skipped the line. Because when you lose a title match, let's go to the back of the line, buddy boy. So, actually, Knight's the one skipping the line. Anyways. Styles would then chime in. And said that the bloodline trying to end his career. And Knight walked over Styles' dead body to get this match. And the match that he already had with Roman Reigns. And lost. Styles said the Knight was lucky to be in the match, if anything. Style, or Knight said that Styles should watch the bass in his voice when he talks to him, and Styles should turn his attention to Roman. Knight told Styles that he'd leave Styles laying and did his catchphrase, yeah. Uh, that thing kicked off a little brawl between Styles and Knight, who eventually it was broken up, and then they brawled again and eventually to the back. So Randy's left in the ring. Crowd's chanting for Randy. Heyman's there. Orton grabbed Heyman's tie. Orton said that Heyman tried to uh, to do what Heyman tried to do won't work because he's going to drop solo later tonight. After that, Orton said that he will introduce, quote, the RKO to Roman Reigns. Orton's music played and the segment ended. I like this. I like this a lot. A, it showed that all three men really want this match. All three men believe that they should be in singles competition, but they're fine with the four-way, as long as they're in the four-way. Also, this showed that Nick Aldis has got a lot of authority and he's not afraid to flex his muscles. He's not afraid to be like, Roman don't want to defend? Well, fuck him. 
I'll just strip him then. If he doesn't want to defend the title, I'll take the title. So I'm really liking that because, and I never liked when they did this. Paul, not Paul, uh, Adam Pierce would cower to Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman. They w- he would fold to them. Whatever they said goes. That ain't going to work with Nick Aldis. Nick Aldis is a I don't take any crap kind of manager, general manager. And whatever I say goes because I'm in charge, not you. You may be the top dog. You may be the big dog. You may be the, the head of the table, the tribal chief, the world champion. But that doesn't mean you run the show. That doesn't mean that you have the power to do whatever you want. You have a little power, but not enough power to supersede what the general manager says and wants and does. So, I do like that. It did make Adam Pearce kind of seem meh, but he's doing better on Raw. So, let me move forward. The first match of the night, six-man tag. CLWO over CLWO, basically. It is the Latino World Order. Carlito, Cruz del Toro, and Santo, and uh, Walking Wild against Legado World Order, Santos Escobar, Angel, uh, Angel Garza, and Humberto Carrillo. So as far as this match does go, we've basically already seen this, but they added some more guys, Carlito and Santos. Angel and Carlito started the match as Angel took Carlito's knee out. Carlito quickly rebounded and chopped Angel to the ground. The Toro tagged in and traded blows with Angel. Wild then tagged in and worked the double-team move. That resulted in a springboard moonsault on Angel. Humberto tried to interfere, but Wild got the best of him. From there, Del Toro and Wild completely did, uh, completed some stereo dives on Angel and Humberto at ringside. Escobar then star- stared at the baby faces and the show into a commercial break. After said break, the heels had control and Angel landed an assisted neckbreaker. Escobar ultimately tagged in and Humberto and Angel threw Wild onto Escobar's knee. Angel tagged in and bullied Wild before Humberto tagged in and worked a chin lock. Wild eventually worked his way out of it and hit a spike DDT. Ultimately, though, Carlito received the hot tag and he cleaned house of all three heels. Carlito slammed Humberto, but Escobar broke things up. Things broke down and a lot of super kicks were traded amongst the wrestlers. Escobar got in a blind tag after Carlito hit a backstabber. Escobar then ran into the ring and rolled up Carlito to pick up the victory. I thought this was a really fun opening match for the show. I thought this was a great six-man tag. All six men looked good. And it was just a lot of fun action. Go to the back. Caleb Braxton interviews Pretty Deadly. He said that they had been studying tapes of Butch and Tyler Bate. And they were, quote, pretty sure boys tonight. He said that they were ready. And there was no surprises coming their way. The two, they made their entrance. We then got a Bobby Lashley Street Profits vignette. They called out the final testament and said that they just need to name a time and a place when all this will go down. It will show the final testament, quote, what real intimidation looks like. So then we get Pretty Deadly versus Tyler Bate and Pete Dunn. Oh, yeah. Pete Dunn is technically back. Pete Dunn got his name back. Got his maroon gear and his fur back, his fur vest. This is Pete Pete Dunn, and I couldn't be happier. And I like the way they did this with Pretty Deadly. I get how some people online said this came off cheesy and stupid, but I thought it was kind of funny where they were like, oh my God, that's not Butch, that's Pete Dunn, that's a different person. No, we're not ready for him. But regardless, 
He done got his name back. Thank you, Triple H. Bow to you for giving him his name back. He's no longer Butch wearing suspenders and the, the old man cap. No. He hasn't had the suspenders and old man cap for a while, but regardless, he's got his name back. He's got his graphics back. He's got his music back. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So basically, Tyler Bate comes out. And he stops at the top of the ramp. And you can see he's got this big old smile on his face like, these people are about to go crazy. These people are going to love what they see right now. And then the screen says, but, uh, Pete Dunne and his music plays. Old gear and all. Very, very cool. So Bate and Wilson started off the match. But Dunne tagged in pretty quickly and instantly started going after Wilson's fingers. Dunne had a ton of fire and aggression as he stretched Wilson. Excuse me. Bate tagged in and spun Wilson around. A bunch of times before Wilson rolled to the outside and the show into a commercial break. When we returned from said break, Elton Prince had control on Tyler Bate inside the ring. The heels kept control as Wilson tagged in and landed a gut buster. Wilson left at Bate, but Bate caught Wilson and suplexed him. Dunn then received the hot tag, and Dunn fired up with the German suplex and a stomp on Wilson's hand. Dunn then kicked Prince and suplexed Prince out or onto Wilson. Dunn then ran at Prince, but Prince kicked Dunn, like, hard in the face. Bate then tagged in and punched Prince and clotheslined Wilson. Dunn then tagged in and did the finger spot on Prince before hitting the bitter end and pinning Prince to pick up the victory. So with that, Pete Dunn, Tyler Bate do get the win. Now, remember last week, Pete Dunn was like, I don't want to be a tag team. I want to go do my own thing. But now it's two wins, granted, against the same team for these guys. So do they keep them a tag team? Do we reform British Strong style? Or is Pete Dunne really going to get that singles run that we've wanted to see for a while? So we go backstage and pretty deadly run into Caleb Braxton again. Wilson yells, we were ready for that. We were ready for that. No, we thought Butch was going to come out. Not whoever Pete Dunne is. We were ready for a Pete Dunne. And then they walk off and they're still yelling, that wasn't fair. That wasn't fair. So we get the KO show with special guest, Logan Paul. And I will say, the crowd was into this. I thought it was just okay. The crowd really liked it, though. The man, man, the crowd was up for this one. Atlanta liked this. Kevin Owens comes out, and the crowds are ready chanting, KO, 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 KO. And Owens seemed to love the chants, love the admiration he was getting. He thanked them for loving him. Owens said that he was about to say something he never thought he would say, quote, Please welcome my guest on the Kevin Owens show, Logan Paul. Paul made his entrance, and, and, I gotta say, he gave Logan Paul a new Titantron video, where it's literally, like, his logo says Mav, or the Maverick Logan Paul, and it's got, like, a silhouette of him doing his leaping thing or whatever, but it's also a bunch of clips of him, like, back in the day, when Titantron videos were a bunch of clips of the wrestler and their highlights. We need to get back to doing more of that. More of those old school Titantron videos where it was clips of the wrestler and their highlights and their big moves. On, yeah, so I was, I was all for that one. That, that got me. I was like, ooh, I need more of this. So again, Paul made his entrance. No chairs in the ring. And the two just stood there in the middle while holding microphones. Paul mocked the KO show. He was like, oh, this is cool. Nice logo. He's like, it really isn't an honor, though, to be here. 
Paul called it a bottom-of-the-barrel show. Paul said that he is the show, not Kevin Owens. Paul said that he owed Owens, though, and wanted to thank him because Owens is what made him a WWE superstar. They then showed a clip from WrestleMania 37 where Owens gave Paul a stunner. Crowd chanted one more time. Paul then told the crowd, direct your anger towards Kevin Owens, not me, because Kevin Owens is what brought me here. Kevin Owens joined that to me, made me want to come back and show that I can hang, show that I can be a WWE superstar. Owens responded by saying, no, 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 no. I've been here for almost 25, I've been wrestling for almost 25 years, and you're not me. You're not a Rey Mysterio. You're not a Sami Zayn. You're not a Kevin Owens. Paul said, he's like, you're nothing more than another celebrity that I stunned. And Paul said, well, good. I'm glad I'm not one of you. I'm better than you. He's like, I'm one of one. Paul then said a bunch of things like, your girlfriend loves me and wants to be my, wants me to be your boyfriend. I'm your son's favorite wrestler and this and that, blah, 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 blah. Couldn't catch it. I said it really fast. No one's was even like, eh? He then said, and you, Kevin Owens, you're, well, just Kevin Owens. Owens finally responded by saying he didn't know what any of that really meant. And the crowd started chanting, kind of faintly, but you can hear him. Logan sucks. Logan sucks. Logan sucks. Owens said that he heard all the put-downs that Logan made on commentary, including talking about his weight and the way he looked. But Owens said that he isn't a allowed to say anything bad about Paul because what he wants to say is not allowed. Owen said that Paul is protected and sheltered. Owen said that Paul was offered all the tools he needed to win a title once he got to WWE. Owen said that Paul holding the U.S. title is a joke and he will put an end to that at the Royal Rumble. Paul claimed that he wasn't listening to anything that Owen said. Paul noted how Owen's arm is protected. And the only way Owen's knocked Paul out and down was because of the cast. Paul said... It will only take a second to KO, KO. Owen said that everyone knows that he can take more punishment than anybody else. Owen said that there isn't a punch Paul can throw that can knock him out. Owens then gave him his word that he would not have the cast at the Royal Rumble. Owens then took the cast off and threw it and threw it. Then out of nowhere, Paul would sucker punch Owens, who was knocked down. But Owens got up and yelled at Paul and speared Paul. The action spilled to the outside, and Paul rammed Owens' hurt hand into the ring post. Paul then stood over Owens, holding the U.S. title as the segment ended. So, I mean, this was good. It wasn't great or anything. It wasn't bad. I thought this was pretty good, and it built more interest into the match at the pay-per-view. So, kudos. Got Roman Reigns backstage in the locker room, not happy with the bloodline. Reigns was lecturing Jimmy, but then Solo stepped in and said, last week was on me. Solo said, tonight, he'll show Roman that he can fix everything. Solo walked out of frame, and Jimmy ran after him to follow him. So then we got a not really much happening, two, almost three-minute women's tag title match. Caden Carter and Katana Chance defending against the Unholy Union, Alba Fire, and Isla Dawn. So apparently they've been calling themselves this for a while, but this is the first time I've heard it mentioned, especially with a graphic on television. But yeah, there's not really much to this. Damage control was at ringside, basically just to set up a title match next week. But Chance, uh, Carter, let's see, hold on. What did I write here? Unholy Union jumped to the champions before the match and attacked Carter and Chance. Chance eventually tagged in and tried to fire things up by working over Lila Dawn. Things broke down early as all four women brawled. 
Fire then tagged in and traded roll-ups and pin attempts with Carter. Ultimately, Carter landed a destroyer and on fire from there. Chance and Carter then hit their finisher and picked up the victory. So yeah, not much to this. A little back and forth. And then the champs hit their finish. That's about it. Arrow looked okay, but nothing special. So after the match, Asuka and Kyrie Sane taunted the champions by holding the women's tag titles. Chance and Carter grabbed them away from damage control, and then the duo asked them, You want some? Bailey said, Looks like we know who the next challengers are going to be for the tag titles. And it was announced later on in the show that the Kabuki Warriors will challenge for the tag titles next week on SmackDown. And you're asking why it's not a pay-per-view match. I assume both Kabuki Warriors are in the Women's Rumble, and then I want them doing double duty. Just a hunch. We'll see the OC, the backstage with Uncle Al and AJ Styles. They're giving him some encouragement and hyping him up before his big match with LA Knight. So we get a final Testament vignette. From there, there was a recap. Not much happened to that, but there was a recap of Austin Theory and Carmelo Hayes from the match last week. That included the way it abruptly ended. Hayes was then being interviewed by Kathy Kelly, so I assume this guy's getting called up at any time now. He's been on SmackDown two weeks in a row now. He's doing a program with, with Austin Theory and Grayson Waller. It's inevitable he's going to be on that SmackDown brand sooner rather than later. Probably right after, I would assume, the... um. Vengeance Day event. So Hayes said, thankfully, last week, both guys were able to walk away. He and uh, Theory. Hayes said that even though he didn't win, he also didn't lose. Theory then walked into frame and said, Hayes tried to end Theory's career last week. Hayes challenged him to another match. He's like, you want to fight? You want to keep going? You want to see who's really the best? Let's do it next week. Waller's like, he accepts. And Theory kind of was like, I do? And Hayes was like, all right, cool. I will talk to general manager all this and make the match official, which does get made official later on in the night. Which we'll recap right here. So as far as, I'll pull this up on the screen. As far as what has been announced for next week's Friday Night Smackdown, let's pull this up here. Uh, Where'd it go? Where'd it go? Here we go. So as far as what has been announced for next week's SmackDown, the Women's Tag Team Championships will be on the line when Kate and Carter gets on a chance to defend against the Kabuki Warriors. Well, Hayes will go one-on-one with Austin Theory. There'll be a face-off between Bobby Lashley's Street Profits and the Final Testament. Just call them the pride. That's what they're going to be. And then finally, we do know that Carlito will be going one-on-one with Santos Escobar. But then we go into LA Knight and AJ Styles, where I don't know if this ended in a DQ or a no contest. They didn't actually say. So this went about four, almost five minutes. Uh, the two brawled to begin the match, and Knight ran Styles into the second turnbuckle. Knight followed it up with a vertical suplex and a cover attempt. The two traded chops, and a tiny bit of miscommunication happened. Styles won the war. And then hit a backbreaker. Knight fought back and slammed Styles for a two. Styles rolled to the outside. And Knight followed. Only to run into a knee from Styles. 
Styles then threw Knight into the barricade, and Knight returned the favor by dropping Styles on the barricade. Knight slammed Styles' head onto the commentary table here. This is when all of a sudden, Jimmy Uso would walk out. Knight addressed Uso, and Uso backed off. When Knight returned to Styles, <clears throat> Styles hit him with a great-looking Enziguri. Oh, I got hiccups. Out of nowhere, though, Solo Sokoa would appear and give Knight the Simone spike. Sokoa also ran at uh, Styles and threw him into the seal steps. Sokoa then hit a Simone spike on Styles. Sokoa then grabbed a microphone and said, Two down, one to go. Randy Orton, let's do this. Randy Orton would come out for the main event match. Before we get into that, I do got to say that this podcast is brought to you by Upscale Bling. Let's hear from them right here. Are you looking to up your accessory game? Why not do so with Upscale Bling? Upscale Bling is your source for in-style chains, watches, rings, and many more awesome products to level up your wardrobe. Not only are their products high quality, but they're also affordable. Don't take just my word for it. Go check them out right now at blingupscale.com. Head over to blingupscale.com right now and use code PWUNLIMITED at checkout to get 20% off your entire order. Again, that's code PWUNLIMITED at checkout for 20% off at blingupscale.com. Check it out today. As far as this main event match does go, it's been about a little over five minutes. So early on, so Sokoa did have control. He had a hip attack before Orton rolled to the outside, where Sokoa slammed Orton on the commentary table and ran Orton to the ring steps. Sokoa posed as the show into its final commercial break of the night. When the show returned, Orton suplexed Sokoa onto the commentary table, but the table didn't break. Sokoa bounced back and landed a few strikes and rolled Orton back into the ring. From there, Orton hit a draping DDT and fired up the crowd. Jimmy Uso walked back out to the ring, but Knight attacked Uso from behind. Uso tried to leave, but Styles attacked Uso too. As, and back in the ring, Orton hit an RKO and pinned Solo to pick up the victory. So this wasn't really a match, but more of an angle. That's all this really was. Because after the match, Orton, Styles, and Knight stood in the ring together. Knight then hit Styles. Orton then RKO'd Knight and mocked Knight's catchphrase. Yeah. Orton then RKO'd Styles as well. Orton posed, and Roman Reigns would appear. And out of nowhere... Superman punched Orton to stand tall. Nick Aldis, who was at ringside, gave Roman Reigns the contract. Reigns then signed the contract while smiling. Reigns then geared up to give Orton a spear, but instead, Roman would not hit the spear, and Randy would would counter it into a great-looking RKO. They then played Orton's music as Orton grabbed the contract, put it right in Roman's face, and stood tall over the world champion, the WWE Undisputed Universal Heavyweight Champion. Orton is the one left standing at the end of the show. But yeah, I thought this was great. I thought it just further built up who is the superior one. Is it Roman? I don't know. Is it Randy? I don't know. Probably not AJ. Probably not LA Knight. But who is the one going to win this match? Most likely Roman Reigns. But here's the thing. If you want Cody. So I know everyone's trying to give their opinions on what Cody should be doing at WrestleMania. I know everyone says it should be Cody and Roman. It should be Cody and Roman. It should be Cody and Roman. But does it have to be Cody and Roman? Does it? Because here's my thing. If you want Roman 
and Rock at WrestleMania. That doesn't need to be for the belt. So what if Randy Orton pins AJ Styles one week from tomorrow and becomes a new WWE Undisputed Universal Heavyweight Champion? What if going into WrestleMania, it's Randy Orton as the champion and Cody Rhodes as the challenger? Would that work? Would that suffice the fans? Or do the fans think that it's beating Roman or nothing? It's beating Roman for the belt or nothing? Because I think it would be fine if it's a Randy Orton that's got the belt. If it's Randy and Cody. There's history there going back well over a decade. I think. Decade-ish. Yes. So you've got that built-in story already. Yes, Cody beating Roman because Roman beat him last year would be cooler, would be a bigger moment, maybe. But at the same time, I don't see a negative on if it's Roman who, or if it's Randy who has the belt instead of Roman. Roman can still get his match with The Rock, still fight Dwayne for the head of the table, and Cody can face Randy or AJ or LA Knight, whoever you want to put the title on. Randy makes more sense for the belt. The big belt, the WWE Undisputed Universal Heavyweight Championship, beat Randy, get the title, and finish the story. Because, again, does it have to be Roman? It didn't matter last year who the champion was, but does it now because Roman beat him at WrestleMania 39? That's just my question. But with that, that was everything that did take place tonight on Friday Night SmackDown. Uh, since Saturday says it was a DQ solo hit, a spike on LA Knight. Well, solo attacked both LA Knight and AJ Styles. So that's why I don't know if they called it a DQ for Knight or just a no contest. They never said. But with that, as far as you know what I thought of the show, now it's time to hear what you guys thought of tonight's SmackDown. As we refresh the polls here, as far as the... And remember, the X poll is up. If you guys want to vote in that, we'll wait on that one. As far as the... You know, the X poll, the... Um, Twitch poll. Twitch poll is up. As far as the um, X poll does go, 74% liked the show. 17% thought it was just all right. And 7% didn't like it. Did I not do a community poll? I thought I did. Why is it not there? The YouTube community poll didn't post. That's odd. Apologize for that one. Let's check the YouTube live poll then. As a live poll does go, 80% liked the show, 12% thought it was just all right, and 8% didn't like it. Basically the same. And then looking over on the Twitch poll, everybody liked the show. But with that, guys, that's going to wrap everything up here. I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited, YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited, and podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember here shortly, I will be live on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash TimmyBuddy, playing some of that new PAL World game. They say it's Ark Survival mixed in with Pokemon and guns. I'm hearing nothing but great things about this game. So me, maybe a couple other people, we're going to jump on. We're going to play this game. We're going to see how it works, see how it goes. Again, only hearing great things. So go over there, twitch.tv forward slash TimmyBuddy. Hit the follow button. That way you get notified when I go live in the next 30 to 40 minutes. And yeah, we're going to play some pal world. So have the great night. Have a great weekend. If I don't see you there, we'll see you back here Monday to start our week again.
Have a good one, guys.